Way City Church, located in Woodbridge, Virginia, is led by Pastor Marlon Yearwood and exists to reach the lost and disciple the believer. How are you guys feeling this morning? Everyone feeling good? Yeah? Excited to worship the Lord this morning? Amen. 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 So, you know, our, our vision, the vision of the Way City Church is to reach the lost and to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. We reach the saints and the lost by being relevant to our generation. We are completely open to become all things to all people only without the compromise of the Word of God. We went through this last week. We desire to be a mission-based, multiracial, multi-ethnic, multi-generational, economically diverse church that loves God passionately and has a zeal for the spiritual development of people. This is the kind of church that we desire to be. Our vision and vision strategy, and we can leave the video, um, our vision, vision strategy uh, is, is G-E-D. We grow, we evangelize, and we disciple. We grow through the study of God's word and worship. We evangelize by pursuing the lost, and by sharing our story, which leads to his story, and we disciple by building relationships and by sharing our very own lives. Right? That is our vision as a church. So our vision, GED, encompasses the three main purposes of the church. Our vision, GED, encompasses the three main purposes of the church. One, ministry to God. Ministry to believers and ministry to the world. Ministry to him, ministry to believers, and ministry to the world. So, so today we're going to focus on the, on the G within G-E-D, right? Which is to grow. We're going to focus on, on the growth part. Uh, but before we do that, uh, one of the, the elders from New CE Fellowship, you guys know that's one of our sending churches uh, so Joe Cooper um, and his beautiful wife is in the back. So can you guys turn around and just say hi to Joe? I did a one-year residency over there and, and learned so much from, uh, from Joe uh, and the other brothers at New City. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. Um, so today we're focusing on, on growth, on, on growing, the, the G in GED. What it is to, to grow in faith. What does that look like? For us, that's what we focus on. On and our our series um, is our vision series is again growth. Next week, evangelism, and in two weeks will be discipleship. That will be uh, the series that we're in right now. Our vision series. Okay, so um, how how do we grow? There are two questions that I want to answer for us today. Um, how do we grow? Number one, and number two is how do we measure growth? How do we grow, and how do we measure? Growth. Two questions. How do we grow? How do we measure growth? Consider this. Everything that is healthy continues to grow. Amen? Everything that is healthy continues to grow. There was a, um, a girl by the name of Gabby Williams from Billings, Mon- Montana, and she had an extremely, or she has an extremely rare condition and you guys may have heard of her, I don't know. But she is growing at the rate of, of one year every eight years. 
So she is an eight-year-old that is trapped in a one-year-old body. Have you guys ever seen her? But she's an eight-year-old trapped, so she looks like a one-year-old, but she's actually, she's eight. Then there's another case, uh, a guy by the name of Angus from the UK, and Angus is, is 13, but he stopped growing at the age of three. So Angus, he was, he was 13 in 2017, I'm not sure if he's still alive or not, but, but Angus was 13 and he stopped growing at the age of three, a very rare condition. So you see Angus and he looks like a three-year-old, but he's actually 13. And while this may seem very strange to us, and it should, right? what would, what would you do if your, if your one-year-old, if your three-year-old stopped growing? You would travel around the world. You would see the, the, the best doctors. You would go bankrupt to pay for whatever you needed to pay for to, to rectify their condition. So in the same way as it is strange to us, that it is abnormal to us for a, for a 13-year-old to be trapped in a 3-year-old's body, even more so spiritually speaking, it should be very strange for us to be in Christ for 5 years, 10 years, 20, 30, 40 years without growing up and maturing spiritually. It should be, it should be even more shocking to us for us to be in the faith and say that we are followers of Jesus Christ but without any kind of spiritual growth. That should be alarming to us. That should be tragic to us. And we should take that very seriously. So we're speaking about growth. A part of our vision as a church is growing. Growing spiritually. What does that look like to grow spiritually? As you guys know, my, my wife is pregnant. We are having a baby. Praise God. Amen. So, so she's uh, 17 weeks today. And um, at, at four weeks, the baby was the size of a poppy seed. And at six weeks, the baby was the size of a pomegranate seed. And today, at 17 weeks, the baby's actually the size of a pomegranate. Right? So there has been, there has been tremendous growth. Right? And we are excited about that. I'm excited to see, well, to, yeah, to see the development, you know, um, of my wife's belly. Right? Praise God. That's a blessing. Right? It means there's growth. Amen? It means there's life. So... So there is, there is growth that we, can, that we can see. Growth is taking place, but the baby is maturing. And that is healthy. And that is good. Everything that's healthy continues to grow. And we at the Way City Church, the ways that we grow is primarily through the study of God's Word and worship. We grow here through the study of God's Word and worship. In other words, these are the greatest tools by which we grow at the Way City Church. The Word of God and worship. The greatest tools by which we will grow together will be through this Word, through His Word, and through worship. This is both privately and corporately. So we're growing through God's Word as we are right now. 
right? So corporately through his word, through, through uh, church, but also privately, your personal devotional time at home with the Lord. That is very important to us as a church. So both privately and publicly, in church and at home. We grow through the word only by submitting completely to the word. Can you guys say that with me? Say, we grow through the word only by submitting completely to the word. That's how we grow through the word. It's by submitting completely to the word. First Peter 5, 5 through 8, I'm just going to read for you guys. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. And this is actually one of the uh, foundational principles um, of, of the Christian faith. And it begins with humility. If, if, you, if you are not humble, then you cannot submit to the word. If there is no humility in you, then you will not submit to the word. The, the foundation of our faith begins with this humility. That we are subject to, to a God that is greater than us, a God who made us, a God who has given us his word to instruct us and to direct us. But even though the word is the word of truth and it is the word of God, if we are not humble enough, if we don't have humility, then even the word won't work for us. Even the word itself, the word of God, will not work for you and for I without humility. Without us acknowledging that, that we are subject to it and submitting to it. So we grow through the word only by submitting completely to the word. Only by submitting completely to the word. Hebrews 4 and verse 2 speaks about the, the word of God did not profit them. It says the word of God was preached to us as well as to them, but the word did not profit them not being mixed with faith. And when I'm thinking about the word and getting into it and growth, it's important that we understand that we must always mix the word with humility, but also with, with faith. When you come to the Way City Church, come expecting. Every time, every time you walk through those doors, come expecting to hear a word from the Lord. Every single time. Hebrews 4.2, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word did not profit them. Because it was not mixed with, with faith. I'm, I'm speaking about this before we get into the word to prepare you for the word. Humble yourselves under the authority of the word and have faith that you will hear and receive a word from the Lord every single time that you come to church. Amen. Amen. 
Come expecting, come hungry. Amen? Amen. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. The hungry and the thirsty are always filled. Come hungry, come thirsty, and you will not be disappointed. Amen? Amen. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and is powerful and is sharper than any two-edged sword separating even to the division of soul and of spirit and of bone and of marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Word of God is alive, it is living, it is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, separating even to the division of soul and of spirit and of bone and of marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Word of God, it discerns for us and makes a clear distinction between right versus wrong, between light versus darkness, between truth versus lies, between good versus evil, between righteousness versus sin, between life versus death. The Word of God is like a scalpel. And it separates truth from fiction. The Word of God is alive and it is working in you and it is working in me. Psalm 139, sorry, Psalm 19.7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. This is the word of the Lord. In order for us to grow by the word, we must believe that the word is what it says it is. And that it is the word of God and that it is the word of truth. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, speaking about the Word, says that all Scripture, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. In 2 Peter 1, verse 20 and 21 says this, Knowing this first, that no Scripture, that no prophecy of Scripture is of private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of men, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of men, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. This is not the word of man. This is God's word. God used man to write this. 
but it was inspired completely by him. He is the author of this book. This book was written over a period of 1500 years. Has 39 to 40 different authors, depending on who you believe, wrote the book of Hebrews. And I believe it's, it's Paul. So it has between 39 or 40 different authors over a span of 1500 years, and none of them contradict each other. Because God is the author of this book. Amen? Amen. He's the author. So we, we respect His word. We submit to His word. Romans 15.4 For whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. The scriptures. The, the beginning of of Romans, and, and, and all throughout the scriptures, we, we see the, the scriptures themselves uh, speaking about the authority of the word. It's amazing. The, the, the scriptures themselves, the word testifies of the, of the word, of the authority of the word. But the beginning of Romans 3 speaks about that to the Jews were given the oracles of God. But then Romans 3.3 3 says, but what if some did not believe? To the Jews were given the oracles of God, but what if some of them did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? And that's a question. Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? And then Romans 3, 4 says, certainly not. Indeed, let God be true and every man a liar. And I love that. And you will hear me say that many times. Let God be true and every man a liar. As it is written that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. God's, God's word doesn't need our, um, our approval. God's word doesn't need our opinion. The word will never conform to you. The word will never conform to you. Nor to your vote. Nor to your family. Nor to your culture. Nor to your country. The word of God will not conform to you. Never. It will never conform to you. It has been tested, it has been tried, and it has proven to be true. And this is the way by which we grow. It's through his word. It cannot be changed. It stood the test of time. And it is faithful. So how do, we, how do we grow at the Way City Church? Through the Word of God. This, this is how we grow, through the Word and also through worship. Through worshiping together. How do we measure growth at the Way City Church? We, we measure growth by your private communion with God. We measure growth by your public 
communion with God. And we also measure growth by your proven character. So we measure growth by your private devotional time with him. We measure growth here by your public devotion to him in, in worship. And we measure growth by your proven character. This is how we measure growth. Private communion with God. Do you love, do you enjoy spending time with your Father? Do you enjoy spending time with Him when you have time, when you have free time? In fact, do you, do you make time for Him? If you say, I only spend time with Him when I have time, then you will never have time to spend with Him. You have to make it a priority. And if you're too busy to the point where you're not spending time with Him, then you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing. So, we measure growth here by your personal devotional time with Him. That's how we measure growth. We measure growth by your public communion with Him. Do you love worshipping in the church with your brothers and sisters? Do you, do you long for this? Do you enjoy this? Worshipping together with your brothers and sisters. This is a part of maturity as a believer. And when someone says, you know, I, I just worship God in my heart, they're immature. I don't go to church. I just, you know, I, I just kind of worship Him, you know, uh, in my heart. That's not biblical. Hebrews 10.25 says, not to forsake the assembling together of the saints as many have done. That we're not to forsake this. This is beautiful. The, the church coming together in corporate worship to our Father. So do you, do you love and do you honor and do you respect this? Do you make time for this? There's one way how we measure growth and proven character. Do you have godly character? This is how we are measuring growth at the Way City Church. And, and obviously character can sometimes be, um, can be hard to measure because we, we tend to become Academy Award winning actors on a Sunday morning. You know, so sometimes, you know, character can be, can be difficult because, man, we are some, some, some great actors on Sunday mornings. We... We dress the part, you know what I mean? You know, and we come in with our smiles, and, and, um, and man, and you would think everyone in the room is perfect. So we become great actors. Listen, at the Way City Church, I don't want you to act. I want you to be real. We want to we, we wanna serve you, and we want to love you, and we want to walk through the difficult times in your life with you. But we can't do that if, if you hide it. If it remains in the dark, we just can't do that. If your marriage is struggling, we want to we help you with that. We want to walk with you with that. We, we understand that. 
I, I expect, okay, I expect some of you for your marriages to be struggling. I expect for some of you to be, to be struggling and, 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 and dealing with, with, with issues of sin. I expect that. So you don't need to act for me. Amen? Amen. I also expect growth and I expect maturity and I expect healthy marriages and I expect, you know, uh, victory over sin, of course. But I understand that we're human. I understand that we live in a real world with real issues. So when you come to this place, may it be safe for you. This is a place where you can come and you can cast all your cares and your burdens at the feet of Jesus. And where you can receive life. And where you can receive hope. This is not... This is... This is a place of... This is the operating table. We want to use the scalpel of God's word to perform spiritual surgery on you each and every single week. You will never go to the doctor and your, and your chest has been hurting you all week long. And there are pains in your heart and the doctor says, hey, what's wrong with you? And you say, oh, nothing. I'm good. When you go to the doctor, I mean, you literally tell him every, Everything. My, my pinky's hurting. Like, like you tell him like everything. Because you want to receive whatever, um, whatever he can give to you to take away your pain or to relieve some of it or to, or to strengthen you, whatever it takes, but you will communicate everything. Let it be the same and even more so in the church. Amen? So every now and again, I'm going to ask you some challenging questions. I may ask you, which one of the fruits of the Spirit do you need to work on most right now? As we're talking about character. I may ask you, which ones of the fruits of the Spirit do you need to extend to to an individual right now? And, And who is that individual? Spiritual growth. I would like us to, to always, and you who are taking notes, write this down, but I would like us as a church, for you to always be working on at least one of the fruits of the Spirit, where you're, where you're conscious of it, always. The fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, long-suffering or patience, and then self-control. Always, always be working on at least one of the nine fruits of the Spirit found in Galatians 5. But, but always, be, always be working on the fruit, on at least one fruit of the Spirit, continually. As we're speaking about growth today, let's turn to Ephesians 4, verses 8 through 16. We'll start from verse, from verse 8 here. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. 
Now this he ascended, what does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he himself, we spoke about this last week, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. We broke this down last week. Verse 13, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up. Everyone say grow up. May grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. We spoke about the first part of Ephesians 4 last week. And this week we're on the growth side. We are, it, is, it is important that we are to, to grow up. Everything that's healthy continues to grow. And it is important that we are continually growing up in our faith, that we are maturing in our faith. God's plan is this. God's plan is birth, growth, maturity. Birth, growth, maturity. Birth, growth, maturity. This is his, his plan for us. Not for us to be born again and we never grow spiritually. Not for us to, to enter into the faith. To say that he's our king, our lord and our savior but we never develop but we're still carnal. And we're still babies. And there, are, and there are so many things that I can speak about today that equals carnality, but, but I'm just going to throw this one out. Something as simple as offense. Offense. If you're, if you're offended all the time, you're... You're immature. If you're always getting offended, always, you're a baby in Christ. And we're going to get to, you know, to, to being a baby in Christ soon because it's, it's, it's okay for you to, because we all start as babies. But I just don't want you to think that you're mature when you're actually a baby. But it's okay for you to be a baby for a season. That's okay. But if you're, if you're always getting offended by something or someone, always, you're a baby in Christ. You're immature. And that is, that is one way that, that that is seen often. 
even, even within, within your marriage, if you're always getting offended, you're immature. Just the, just the side note right there. Amen? <laughs> it's God's will for us to grow up. 1 Corinthians 13, 11, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. The next chapter, 1 Corinthians fourteen twenty, brethren, do not be children in understanding, however in malice be babes in understanding be mature when I was a child I spoke and behaved and acted like a child but when I became a man I put away childish things and we are no longer to be babes but we are to be our goal is maturity Right? That is our goal always. Maturity. That we are maturing in our faith. And the truth is this. You know, there, is, there is no growth for you um, outside of God's word. You can, you can try to, to do this and do that. But without his word and without his spirit, there's no growth for you. So the only way that, that spiritual growth begins to take place is when you place yourself under the authority of his word. You spend time with him privately and publicly and you're empowered by his spirit. That is the only way that growth takes place. And you know, whenever I speak of the uh, importance of personal devotion and spending time with God each and every single day, I always feel like there's, there's someone in the room. I always feel like there's just someone who's thinking to themselves, are you creating rules? Is this, is this legalism? Whenever I speak about like, spending daily time, I, I always feel like there's someone that's thinking, man, what, is, this, is this rules that you're creating for me? Is this some type of legalism? Well, let me ask you a question. If I speak to you about, uh, about breathing, is that a rule? Is that legalism? If I speak to you about sleeping, is that a rule? Is that legalism? If I speak to you about brushing your teeth, is that a rule? Is that legalism? If I speak to you specifically about drinking eight glasses of water every single day, is that a rule? Is that legalism? If I speak to you about having three meals a day, is that a rule? Is that legalism? If I speak to you about going to work and making a living for your family, is that, is that a rule? Is that legalism? I don't know. Maybe for some of you in this room, you would answer, yes, these are all rules for me and my family. And these are rules that we value. And these are rules that we respect. 
These are rules that we never break. And in fact, these are rules where we even hold each other accountable to. Maybe some of you would say, nope, these, these are not rules f- for us, but they are necessities. Listen, whatever you choose to call them, these are things that you do every single day. Because you acknowledge that it is good for you. So why is it that when a, a pastor, when a shepherd of your soul speaks to you about spending daily time in the word that you think it's a rule? It's good for you. Amen? Amen. This, is, this is good for you. This is, this is healthy for you. That you would establish this kind of pattern. If you, if you don't do it, is your salvation at risk? Absolutely not. But that's not what we're speaking about. We're speaking about maturing. We're speaking about spiritual growth. And you cannot do it outside of spending time in his word. This is what we're talking about. I'm not speaking about your salvation. I'm speaking about growth and spiritual maturity. And it can only be done when you're constantly spending time under the authority of his word. When you humble yourself and say, I need this. So don't get defensive when you hear me, because I'm going I'm to talk about it more than, more than once. Spending time with Jesus in the Word. We grow here. Our vision, we grow through the study of God's Word and worship. This is how we grow. So I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to ask you every now and again, hey, what are you reading? What are you studying? What is the Holy Spirit showing you? Amen. 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 It is good for you. And there's a clear difference, I'm going to tell you, between those who spend time with him and those who don't. There's a clear difference. And even you who, who spend time with him, often you understand that if you've ever had a season where you have not, you can, you can tell the difference. You can tell the difference. I came to faith at, at 19. And I went into full-time ministry right before I turned 20 and 19. And right when I went into full-time ministry, my senior pastor came to me and said, okay, Marlon, he said, now you begin to read this. You know this. And he said, every single day you read it. Every single day. And, and I, I respected him. And I knew that what he told me was a direct word from God. And I knew that what he told me was good for me. So the first time I, I read the Bible, he told me, he said, just read um, two or three chapters a, a day. And that's what I did. Every single day. And I, and I never missed a day. And it took me about a year and, I don't know, eight months to read it. The first time. About a year and eight months, just reading like two, sometimes three chapters a day. And I would take my time and I would go through it. And that was, he told me that in 2005. It's been 15 years since then. 
And, and in 15 years, I'm not asking you to do anything that I don't do myself. So in, in 15 years, there's only a handful of times that I can tell you that I've missed a, a day. I'm, 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 I'm saying that not for you to say, oh, wow, but I'm, I'm leading by example. I'm not telling you to do anything that I myself don't do. And, and, and I don't think that there has ever been a time in 15 years where I've gone two days without reading his word ever. Because I acknowledge that this is where my strength comes from. I acknowledge that. I acknowledge that. As a church, I want us to spend time with him daily. I'm not telling you how much time to spend, but every single day, uh, spend time with him and we will grow together as a church. And Jesus himself modeled this for us. Jesus modeled this for us. And if there was ever any individual on the face of the earth who did not need to spend time with the Father, it would have been Jesus. If there was ever an individual who walked on the face of the earth that didn't need to spend time with the Father, it would have been Jesus. Yet he came here as the Son of Man, he put on real human flesh, and he himself knew that man did not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. Jesus himself, he knew that. And do you know that the disciples, they only ever asked Jesus to teach them one thing? In Luke 11 and verse 1. The disciples only ever asked Jesus to teach them one thing. And you know what it was? He said, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. I would have definitely have said, Jesus, teach me how to, how to walk on water. <laughs> Jesus, teach, teach me how to do that. Jesus, teach me how to, how to open the eyes of the blind. Jesus, teach me how to cast out demons. Teach me how to raise the dead. Teach me how to touch lepers like you do and watch them be transformed and be cleansed. Jesus, teach me to speak the kind of powerful words like you spoke to the fig tree and just kind of watched it shrivel up. Teach me to feed 5,000 people, more than 5,000 people, with five loaves and two fish. Teach me how to do that. But the disciples, they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. Why? Why did the disciples ask Jesus this question? Because the disciples, they recognized something. They saw something. There was a pattern that the disciples saw in Jesus. The disciples made this request of Jesus because they saw something that perhaps you haven't seen. Jesus would often wake up early in the morning, before sunrise, and he would pray. He would often go to a solitary place and he would pray. And the disciples would often be searching for him and they couldn't find him anywhere and then they would find him coming out of prayer with the Father. But when Jesus came out from quality devotional 
prayer time and fellowship with his father, then boom, guess what happened? Blind eyes opened. Demons fled. The lepers were healed. The sick were healed. The dead were raised. Lives were transformed. And the disciples, they saw that pattern. Huh. He spends time, he spends quality time, hours with the Father in the morning in prayer. And then he goes out and he starts his day. And we see amazing things happen. Let me just read to you real quick. Mark 1, 35 through 37. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is looking for you. And Jesus would often do that. He would spend hours with his father, and he would spend moments with men. He would spend hours with his father and moments with men. What do I mean when I say that? He came out of prayer full of the spirit and power. He came out of his fellowship, his devotional time with God, full of the spirit and with power. He began his ministry only after 40 days of consecration, spending time in the wilderness with his father. He did nothing before that. His, his ministry begins only after he spends quality time with the Father in prayer. Forty days set apart. He's fasting and he's praying. So they acknowledge that Jesus would spend quality time with God and then moments with men. And he would Eyes be opened. Demons flee. This is what we do. We do the opposite. We spend just moments, moments with God, and then we spend hours with people trying to, trying to figure out, like, what's your problem? How can I, man, how can I minister to you? What kind of word? Like, man, and we spend hours and we spend weeks and we spend years with people, years with people. Trying to figure out, man, like, man, what's the best way to help this person? We spend moments with him and we spend hours laboring with people, trying to figure out, man, what's a, what's a good word that I can give to them? Jesus did the opposite. Did he spend quality time with people? Absolutely. But there was a, a pattern. Jesus only, he only chose the disciples after spending all night in prayer. And then he comes out and he says, you, follow me. And guess what? And they followed him. He got his strategy. He got his in prayer. He comes out and he says, you, follow me, you, follow me, you, follow me. And boom. They followed him.
your personal time with Him, your devotional time with Him is, is key. Spending time with the Father in prayer, you will get, you will get strategy. You will get strategy for your life. You will get strategy for, for raising your children. For being a good husband, for being a good wife, for being a good employee, whatever, everything you need is found within the Word. But you want, you want me to read it and then tell you what it says. You want to come to me and, and, and have me give you the answer. Because you don't want to spend the time laboring with Him in prayer, in worship, and in the Word. I believe that the church and the way you see church is not the only way by which you grow. If you think that, that your spiritual growth depends on, on us right here, then you've got it all wrong. A part of your spiritual growth takes place in this room. But the rest of it takes place at home. Amen? The rest of it takes place at home, privately, with Him. Spending time with Him. And as soon as you are convinced that in Him you live, in Him you move in him, you have your very being in like it's in him. This will become so easy for you. When you begin to understand that it's not by your own strength, it's not by your own ability, but it's by him. You're gonna run to the word. You're gonna run to to worship. When you remember and when you acknowledge that it is in him that I live and move and have my very being. And outside of him, I am nothing. The sooner that you get that revelation, the faster that this will all begin to make sense for you. There's so much, so much here today. That's why I went through some of these verses pretty quickly. And there's, and there's so much more. Um, but I'm going to... I'm going to end with uh, 1 Corinthians 3 for the sake of time. But some of those verses that I gave you, go home and, 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 and look. Look at some of those verses. But 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you are still not able. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to the Corinthian church. And he's saying, listen, when I first came to you, I couldn't speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. And he says, I, I fed you with milk, right? Which was, which was good. There's, there's nothing wrong with milk. Milk is good. And he said, I, I fed you with milk and not with solid food because back then you were not able to receive it because you were a baby. So I fed you with milk and milk was good for you during that season. 
So what I want you to understand is, is to be a babe in Christ, there's nothing wrong with that. To be drinking milk, don't try to skip that. Don't try to skip that process. Right? I don't want my, my children to skip that process. Right? Milk is the best thing for, for infants. Milk is the best thing. So I'm fully aware that there are, are, are babes in Christ in the room. I'm fully aware of that. And, and you keep drinking milk. The only thing, my, one of my fears as a pastor is this. Is that there will be people that come to church week after week. That, that sit in chairs. That are not saved. They're not saved. But they come to the Way City Church week after week, but they believe they are. That's a fear of mine. At the same time, I don't want believers to ever doubt their salvation. In the same sense, I don't want people who are spiritually immature to believe that they are mature. I don't want babes in Christ to deceive themselves or to think that they are mature in Christ. No, I want you to recognize where you're at. And, and all are welcome here. Both the unbeliever and the believer. Both the, the babe, the infant, and the mature. All are welcome here. So there is a time and there is a season for you to be a baby in Christ and to be drinking milk. And that is good. And that is okay. The only thing that I want from us is regardless of where you are, that we would continue to grow. Amen? Wherever you're at, that we would continue to grow. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as the spiritual people, but as the carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. Verse 3, for you are still carnal, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Look at some of those things and figure out today where you're at. But at the Way City Church, we want to be growing. Praise God. Amen. Let's stand up, please. Bow your heads, please. Next week, we will be speaking about evangelism. We're going through our vision as a church. Uh, today was growth. Um, I didn't get everything out, but I think there was enough for you to understand uh, that we value growth here at the Way City Church. Next week will be evangelism. One way that you can be growing at the Way City Church. Today is the first of March. And I'd like us as a church to, to begin in the book of Proverbs. Um, there are 31 
days this month. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. Um, let's read, beginning today, um, one chapter of Proverbs. Proverbs 1 today, Proverbs 2 tomorrow, March 3rd, Proverbs 3. Next Sunday, Proverbs 8. So, if you have a, a pattern that you already follow, I'd like you to add Proverbs to that. If you don't have a, a system of daily devotion, then, then just jump in with Proverbs. Just, just one chapter a day. This is one way that we can put the word into practice. Amen? So starting today, Proverbs chapter 1. I'm going to go through the book of Proverbs together. A second thing that I'd like you to do is we have city groups. City groups, that's our community groups or small groups, as some other churches may call it. This is a way where you are able to grow. We take growth very seriously at the Way City Church. So we want every individual to, to be a part of a, of a city group. So before you leave today, there are sign-up sheets in the back, uh, and there are four city groups that we have. One on sermon review, one on evangelism, one on the book of Philippians, and one on the book of Mark. So four groups. One on Monday, one on Wednesday, one on Thursday, and one on Saturday. Okay, we ask you to only be a part of one. But this is one way that we take growth seriously. So please sign up for a city group before we leave. Bow your heads with me, please. Take a few moments and just think about the word that you heard today. We want to be submissive to God's word. We want to submit to it. We recognize that he is God and that we are mankind, that we are created beings. You don't know what's best for yourself, but God knows what's best for you. So humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and humble yourself under his word. As we spoke today about growth, as we spoke today about babes and infants and maturity, one of the things that the babes in Christ constantly do is they're led by their feelings. They only do what they feel like doing. They only read the word when they feel like it. They only go to church when they feel like it. Everything is based on the way that they feel. I want us to get to a place where it doesn't matter what we feel, but we understand what God's word says and we submit to it and we honor it regardless of our feelings. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. We thank you that that Word became flesh and that Word was the light of men. We thank you that you, Jesus, you are the Word incarnate. You are the Word made flesh. So Jesus, we need you. And if you're in this room today and you don't know Jesus, then everything I said about the word is foreign to you. 
Everything I said about the word doesn't make sense to you because you don't know him. He is the word. Jesus came here not for himself, but he came here for you. He lived a perfect life that you could not live. He died not for himself, but he died for you. And if you're in this room and you acknowledge today that you are a human being, that you are a created being, and you acknowledge today that you are a sinner, that you have missed the mark, and that you are deserving of judgment, and that you are deserving of death because of your sin and because of your wickedness, if you acknowledge that today, I have good news for you. Jesus Christ says that if you would believe in me, he says if you would believe in me, if you would believe that I came for you, that I paid the price for you. When he died, death had no power over him. He didn't remain dead. And in three days he rose again. That's proof that sin and death had no power over him. And he says if you believe in me, just like I rose on the third day, you too will live again. So wherever you are right now, I want to give you an opportunity in your seat where you're standing to ask Jesus to, to invite him to say, Jesus, I submit today to your word. I submit today to you. I humble myself this morning and I recognize that you are God and I'm man. Be Lord of my life. And the Bible says, for all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So right where you are, I invite you to call upon the name of Jesus. And he shall save you in this room today. We'd love to hear from you. Visit us at thewaycitychurch.org.